We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Let's bow our heads in prayers. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. We give you all the adoration. We thank you. We worship you for the beginning of not just another month, but the beginning of another quarter. Thank you for all that you have in store for us. Thank you, Father, because we will come into alignment with divine order this season. We will come into alignment with divine order in the name of Jesus. Father, I present my hearers to you, Father. Let them not hear the voice of a man. Let them hear the voice of God. Let them meet with their maker. Holy Spirit, I ask that you minister to everyone under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and God's people say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So this month is the month of um, our Messiah. And that's the prophetic direction we are, we are adopting this month. And um, seven statements Jesus made. Seven statements Jesus made. He says, I am the bread of life. John 6.35. Number two, he said, I am the light of the world. John 8.12. He said, I am the door. John 10.9. He said, I am the good shepherd. John 10.11. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. John eleven twelve, John eleven twenty five. 25. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. And he said, I am the vine. I am the vine. Praise the Lord. You know, this is how Jesus had, um, has um, described himself. But is it not... Uh, it's it not interesting. And I don't you find this... Uh, I know you won't find this funny. When people respond to you, they react to you based on other people's perception of you. Most of the time, most people, I, myself, personally myself, I won't find it funny when people judge me before they get to know me. How many, people are here, how many of you are here this morning, and those of you who are online, you feel very happy and excited when people judge you incorrectly before they meet you? No, nobody. Nobody. In other words, before they meet you, they look at you and they, form, and they already concluded. How many, of, how many of you here will be so excited when people relate to you based on the opinion of third parties? And how many times have you, and I'm sure many of us, we've been here before, we've been there before, where you meet someone, you, come, you, get, to get, you get to know someone better, and then you go, I... Mm, I didn't really know that you are like this. What that actually means is that I had prejudged you before I met you. And so the text of our message series this month, we are looking at on Jesus, witness or hearsay. On Jesus, witness or hearsay. What's your story about Jesus? Are you giving a, a, an eyewitness account or are you giving hearsay? Have you judged Jesus based on what other people say? Are you responding to Christ right now based on people's opinion and not, and not your own personal experience? The interesting thing about the court of law is that hearsays are not admissible evidence in the court of law. You will never hear a man, you will never see, and this is a worldly system. You will never hear anyone, uh, any judge rule 
on, the, on, on, an, on, a, on a witness account based on hearsay. So were you there? He said, no, but they said that he's told. Were you there? No, but they said that. My cousin said that. My auntie said that. He said, how many of you know people like that? You know, your cousins come to your house, they come to live with you, and you start treating your cousins based on what your mother said. Before the cousin came, your mom had already told you that this your cousin, hmm, the father did me evil. Right? And all of a sudden, the cousin that your mom, your mom had already complained about, you know, your cousin, your mom had already complained about, your, about, about uh, her siblings, you know, how, ah, this is my senior sister, is a very bad sister, this is my senior brother, is this, that. and then one day, your nephew comes home. And all of a sudden, you've realized, you just find that you don't, you're not just, you just, you just have a natural inclination or disposition to hug this nephew of yours, even though he's done nothing to you. And many of us are like that. When it comes to Jesus, most of the time, we judge him based on what other people say. And so if, as, we go through our, as we go through this message series this month, I want you to ask yourself, I want you to question your judgment of Christ. Is this really my eyewitness account or is this hearsay? I want you to judge your approach to the things of God and ask yourself, is this based on my eyewitness account or is this based on hearsay? I want to judge your reaction to Christ. I want to judge your reaction to the gospel of Jesus. I want you to question your involvement with the message of Christ and ask yourself one question. Is this based on witness or is this based on hearsay? Praise the Lord. And so before I continue, maybe I just want to ask a couple of people to just share their own experience. Whether it's if it's based on if they are witnesses or if it's just hearsay. All right. Um, uh, Tomiwa, Tomiwa, come and share. Tomiwa, quickly. Yeah, come and clap for him. Yeah. All right. So we're going to, this is Tomiwa, one of our super duper ushers. So we're going to shout, we're going to scream, witness or hearsay. All right. Okay. One, two, go. Okay, one more time. Witness. Okay, so on Jesus, witness or hearsay, what's your take? What's your personal experience of him? It's my personal, thank you. <laughs> um, so, hello church, my personal experience. Um, so I've been going to church since, goodness, when I was a little boy. Um, and as kind of going on this journey, what I've learned is kind of building that personal relationship with him. In terms of when I'm going through trials and tribulations rather than resting on my kind of worldly sense, my worldly mind to think, oh goodness, should worry X, Y, and Z, to actually give God full control. And especially in the Connect group, we all talk about it saying, you know, it's a lot easier said than done, but through the experiences of my life going on this journey, you get to, well, I've gotten to a point now where I get to those kind of trials and tribulations and think, oh goodness, okay, fine. I know God's done it before me, done it for me before, so I have no issue or reason to kind of worry now. So I think kind of, that personal experience has kind of helped me. So your personal experience is that Jesus directed you? Directs me, kind of leads me, and then kind of gives me that sense of, don't worry, I've got this. And is that what, don't worry, I've got this, and actually thinking, actually, no, God has got it, rather than... And this is not based on what anybody told you? No, this is based on personal experience. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very personal experience. Did you see the body language that? Did you see the body (laughs) that when I asked him about hearsay? Oh, no, 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 this is a personal experience. So there's, in other words, there's a personal 
conviction. 100%. Right? 100%. All right. 100%. Thank you very much. Thank Let me have you. the mic. Let me call, let me call them. Um, wait, Sister Kate. All right. Now you'll be asking yourself, witness or hearsay? You'll be... Yeah. Uh, looks like you have a lot of fans, isn't it? Yeah, you have a lot of fans. <laughs> yeah? So, on Jesus, what's your account? Is it based on witness or is it based on hearsay? Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, church. Um, so, I've grown up in church, similar to Tommy Wan's testimony. Like, I've grown up in church, um, but I think I really got to know God when I started going to university because you're away from mom and dad. If you want to go to church, go to church. If you don't want to go to church, don't go to church. So, I decided that I actually still want to keep up um, going to church and have, like, a... Um, a personal encounter with God. So I think during that, my university experience, like God really showed himself to me. And I think the salvation experience, what I've got from that is hope, companionship and power. So hope because like, no matter what, like God doesn't change, that God is constant. So no matter what my circumstance or my scenario, my situation is saying to me, God is still good. So if God is good, like, and he says that everything's going to work for my good, then I just have to trust that that's what's going to happen. And then companionship, like knowing that God is always with me, like I'm never alone. He says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So that companionship is, is always there. I never feel lonely. And then the power, just the power of God, the move of God, like God's change, God's direction, God's guidance, like the breakthroughs, the testimonies, the opportunities, like I can't deny God in my life. So mm. that's my experience. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. You can have that mic. Right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now ask your neighbor, witness or hearsay? <laughs> amen, amen. Throughout this month, we're reading the book of Luke, all right? And so we should, we should conclude the book of Luke um, Easter Sunday, all right? And so it's, it's important that we all have our personal story and a personal account on Christ and not based on hearsay. You won't like it when people judge you based on other people's opinion. Equally, you shouldn't judge Christ, respond to Christ, respond to the gospel based on other people's experiences or based on hearsay. You've got to strive to know, to get to know this person, Jesus, that we all call our Messiah. Praise the Lord. Now, one day, a man came to Jesus and said, Lord, what's the most important, what's the most important thing in the world? What's, what's, what's the most important thing in the world? Tell me, what, what is this? What is it? What is the most important law in scriptures? And, I, and, and the Bible says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, the Bible says, Jesus replied, the living Bible says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second most important is similar. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets stem from these two laws and are fulfilled if you obey them. Keep only these and you will find that you are obeying all others. Keep only these and you will find that you are obeying all other laws, all other laws. And so throughout this one, we'll be looking at the various aspects of Jesus and get to know the person, the personality of our Messiah. And so Jesus is saying here, he says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the whole essence of Christianity. The whole 
essence of our faith. It says, love God and then love your neighbor. So this summarizes the whole law, all the prophets. And so Jesus was saying that nothing matters more than relationships. Nothing matters more. And so sometimes we come into the house of God, we come into faith, and we, and we, and we, leave, we forget the basics. Maybe because we all come in with, maybe, maybe we all come in from, uh, with different agendas. Maybe we all come in because um, we, we needed something. We needed divine intervention. But at some point, right, even as we go through this series, we need to st- step back and ask ourselves some pertinent questions. And which is, who is this person, Jesus? And what's my take on him and his message? What's my take on him and his message? What's my take of the gospel, on the, on, on the gospel? Let me just take myself, remove myself from the equation for a minute. What exactly is the thrust of his assignment? What does the church even mean to me outside what I want and what I want, what I want and what I need? And so Jesus summarizes this. He says, he says your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. God and other people. It's very interesting. There's no way he, there's no way he mentioned, oh, taking care of yourself. Putting yourself first. Get all you can. Sit on the can. There's no way. And there's no where. He said, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. And say, you know what? And also love your neighbors as yourself. So you can be successful in every other area of your life. And if you are failing in the area of relationships. The Bible says success plus failure in relationships equals failure in God's book. If you fail with people, you failed with God. So say, love the Lord with all your heart and then love others. Love others. He said, if you want to fulfill the law and fulfill everything I stand for, he said, this too. They go hand in hand. He said, love yourself. Love your neighbors the way you love yourself. John 13, 35 says, your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your strong love for each other, not your strong love for yourself. Not your strong love, not your selfish, self-centered lifestyle. He said, no, 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 no. Can we read that together? Because you're looking at me like, it's not scriptural. All right? Can we read that together? One, two, go. That, that's quite weak. Those online cannot hear you. All right? One, two, go. Exactly. Not just your love for each other. He said, your what? Your strong love. Your strong love. The hallmark 
that you really know that you really know that you are you are a believer, really a Christian, is love. So many of us think that we are, but we are not. And so many of us think that we know Christ based on what we have to gain. But that's hearsay. Because if you really experience him, he will tell you about his heart. He will tell you about love. So our expression of love for each other is a powerful witnessing tool. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Mind you, he says something. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. So that means that the way we can make disciples of all nations is when we come together and we have a strong love for each other. A love so strong that it contrasts what the world experiences. A, world, a, a love, love so strong that it will, it will, it will get the non-Christian, turn their heads and ask questions, who are these? Are you all from the same family? Are you all from the same kingdom? Are you all, there's something odd about your relationship. There's something odd about your fellowship. You're all different, but it's just something about the way you guys just love on each other that, that it, it creates curiosity. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that indeed. So, the proof that we are Christians is not Bible bashing. The proof that you are part of him is not your ability to recite the scriptures. It says your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so the expression of love for each other is a powerful tool. Many years ago, we used to run a connect group, a cell group in our former church, Pastor Bolana. You've heard this story several times, but I need to bore you. And a young lady, a young lady um, who happened to be a Muslim, um, you know, I, 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 was work, I, I got a job and I got a company car. And, there, and she was just our neighbor. Every time she sees me drive around in the neighbor, she just wonders, what is this guy doing this flashy, this nice car? But one day, she plucked up courage to ask me, you know, wow, I, I know when you were driving around in this rickety car around this neighborhood, but all of a sudden, I've seen your lot change. What, what's, what's your story? Oh, I said, oh, wow, God blessed me with a brand new, a, a great job, and this job gave me this car. And then we got talking. And then all of a sudden, she got interested in my career. And then one day, I thought, hey, why don't, you know what, we have, we have a fellowship going on here. Why don't, you, why don't you come and be part of the fellowship? I said, a Muslim, she wasn't saved. But she came into our home and she saw all of us sit down. We shared the scriptures. And after, after, after the house group, after the house group, we, there, we, we, we have refreshments. We just laugh. We just chat and just catch on. And then she, she was fascinated. And then the following, the following uh, when, uh, Tuesday, she came back again. And then we said, you know what? And then she complained that, uh, oh, why you guys just go on and on and on? You know, because she doesn't really know what's going on. But she, could, she, but she, I mean, she couldn't deny the affection we have, you know, in that group. 
So I said, okay, you know what? I'll tell you what. Well, why don't you become our timekeeper? She got a position in church before she even met Christ. Once you become our timekeeper and keep all of us in check while we are loving on ourselves. All right? And so she became the timekeeper. And so, but to cut a long story short, eventually she gave her life to Christ right there in the small group. Today she's married to a pastor because somebody invited her to a small cell of people who love on themselves. Your demonstration of love to one another is more than 10,000 flyers. Your demonstration of love for each other is more than 10,000 flyers. That was years ago. How about when the church started? When it just started, 19, when it just started 19 years ago, where we, we, we needed, we, my son, my biological son, was the only boy in the, was the only Christian, not Christian, was the only kid, the only boy in the junior church. He hated it. Every Saturday night, he was always depressed because, you know, he said, well, why, why are you not happy? He said, but, 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 but they are all girls, nobody to play with. So we started praying about it. And then one day, uh, Pastor Bola went, 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 uh, went shopping. She went, I mean, during, I think she went to the shops and came across another young kid who looked exactly like our son. See how God answered prayers. And then she came back and said, and so she asked, for, she, she asked the kid's nanny for the number of the mom. And then she came today and said, you know, you know, we've been praying about, we've been praying about, um, something strange happened today. I said, what happened? She said, I went to the shops and I, and I saw this kid. This kid looks exactly like our son. I said, well, it wasn't me. <laughs> Trust me, uh, uh, he's not mine. <laughs> right? But a choice, not my son. <laughs> so, and then, and, then, and then she said something very interesting. She said, uh, the, the kid had a nameplate. Guess what? Exactly the name of our son. And I was looking at me, I was thinking, no, 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 no. This is, this is God's incident. That, no, 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 no. But we did something. So I told her, I said, you know what, we've been praying to God to, uh, for it, it, uh, another boy to join, to join our church and join our ministry so that my son can have somebody to play with. Imagine what you are. Not even save souls. So that, somebody, so that your son will have someone to play with. The problems of ministry. Nobody tells you that. And then, and then, so I said, so I tell you what, I said, go find that woman, find that woman, get her, bring her to this house, find out who her mother is, her father and father is, if they have a dog, bring a dog, I don't like dogs, oh, okay, I'm not going to say I don't like dogs, but dogs and I don't quite gel, I got chased, I got chased by a dog called Lucky, <laughs> not the one you see on TV, not, not, not the Lucky that sells insurance on TV, but a proper Lucky, when I was a kid, and so I have, I have, I have great fear for, yeah, you know, so I, I need deliverance on that one. So I, I, so I said, but if they have a dog, bring the, if they have a cat, bring, bring all of them. Go look for that woman. And so that's how we went on a hunt. 
And then one day, Pastor Bola got to find out that, find out, um, uh, the woman and said, bring her to our home. And that was Cheryl. And so before Cheryl came, when, so this, when Cheryl told us that she was coming to our home, so I, I called some other church. I said, well, why don't you guys come to my home today? Why don't you just come to our home? Let's just love on each other. You know, come on, just, just enjoy. I was setting up a love trap for Cheryl. So Cheryl came in and said, wow, what's, what's this? Oh, and then I told Moji. I said, Moji. I said, you know, Moji, where's Moji? Moji, please wave. Yeah, that's Moji. And so I said, Moji, Moji has got a very nice British accent. Very nice. She's a, she's a teacher, proper, proper, you know. So, I mean, Moji's, Moji's former um, maiden name is Li, um, Lisa. Moji Lisa. Who bears Lisa? <laughs> so we call Moji Windsor. So I come, I said, Moji, 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 come. I said, look, look, I said, look, there's this young lady coming to our home today. I said, I need this girl, I need this girl saved. Not for her, for the sake of my son. I want them in church. So I said, Moji, I said, so when she comes, you go befriend her. Go befriend, go befriend Cheryl. Go be. And so that's how, um, I said, because if I, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I talk to her, she may not even understand what I'm saying, you know, because she's from Barbados, you know. So I don't want to spoil this miracle. So I'm going to package myself well, you know. So that's how Sherry came to the house. Again, came into a small cell, and then she looked around. She was shocked, and everybody was, everybody was just happy. You know, she never seen people were like happiness on steroids. We were like, wow. And then, and then she said, well, and she came to me and said, oh, hello. I said, oh, how are you? Oh, you're right. Oh, Moji, 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 Moji. So Moji came in and I said, hello, my name is Moji. <laughs> So I stood behind Moji. I saw Moji was doing the English thing. I said, I said hey, you see, see, her. I talked to her, talked to her. Uh, Hello, my name is Moji. How are you? How have you come? You know, how far have you come from? I said, so they were doing all this English stuff, you know. So I just, mm, okay. Uh, so, and then later, you know, she came again. So I kept avoiding her in the, you know, because I want to hear my accent, you know, say, so, where are you from now? You know, so I kept avoiding Cheryl, you know, so. And then, so eventually, she came to me and said, oh, um, so are you having a party? I said, party? No, this is not a party. This is who we are. We just do this every weekend, you know? So it's like, and she was so shocked. Like, she never seen, she never seen people this excited and this happy. And then she said, oh, um, I said, do you want a drink? She said, yes. I said, go to the fridge. The fridge? Oh, yeah, go to the fridge. Go take anything you want from the fridge. I mean, she was shocked. But you know, from there, Sherry gave her life to Christ. That's Sherry. Sherry in the house today. Sherry, please stand. That's the Sherry. Right? Sherry gave her life to Christ and led her children to Christ. Where's Yasmine? Yasmine, please stand. That's Sherry's daughter. Now, all, all these from a little cell of people loving themselves. This is how the gospel of Jesus works. It rides on love. You've got to understand this, and you've got to understand what makes you different from the world. So, and I'm talking about expression of love for each other within the context of love for Jesus. 
within the context of faith and within the context of spiritual development. The church of God is not a Christian gang. It's not. It's a witnessing machine. And so when I say we love, our, love ourselves, I'm not talking about forming cliques and cliches and having wild parties in the name of loving one another. That's a gang. And we do that all the time. We form a cluster of like-minded people for the purpose of self-interest. That's not what I'm talking about. And that's not what the Bible is talking about. Me and my cronies, that's not what the Bible is talking about. No. It's that the life, the love of Christ flows through you for the purpose of spreading and, and sharing the gospel of Jesus. Jesus is not about us isolating ourselves. It's about us bringing others in. Bringing others in. Bringing others in. The purpose of our faith, when we come together to love ourselves in our little cell groups, right? In our little groups, right? It's to bring others in. It's not to cut, it's not to, it's not to prevent others from coming in. It's not to isolate ourselves and then love ourselves for the purpose of self-interest or for the purpose of uh, networking. No. No. Praise the Lord. You know, when you, were coming, when you came in this morning, the ushers gave you a, a card, gave you two cards. Easter is coming. My question to you this morning is this. Can you name three people that you are going to invite to the resurrection service. Can you name three people that you love so much that you wish they know the Lord Jesus? I want you to think about three people. You love them so much or you have a burden for them that you would love to share Christ with. And sometimes we look at our ecosystem. We don't have such people. But if you do, I want you to write their names on that card. Ask yourself, do I know three people that we love to bring in? Bring into the fellowship of God. Bring into the fellowship of Christ. So don't overthink it. Write their names down. Number two, from tomorrow... Every day, by 1 p.m., you will stop whatever you are doing. And we are all, all together, both Gateway Global. We are going to spend one, five minutes praying for these three people. Christianity is not about isolation. It's not an old boys club or family club. It's not. No. It says, go and make disciples of all nations. This is the reason I came. This is the reason I died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe in him will not die but have eternal life. That's the second thing we're going to do. Number three, we're going to pray that God, would, God should touch their hearts. And you also pray that God will favor you. 
And the last thing is, you're going to invite them. Friend, I want you to come for an Easter service on Sunday, the 17th. In fact, we've gone ahead to design a, a nice invitation card for you to make it easy. So put your name and their names and give it to only three people. Can you do that? Can you do that? Praise. I know you can. And if you think you can, ask God to touch you. It's not interesting after having spent five years, for some ten years, for some even two years in church, right? We're not comfortable inviting someone to share in the things that we love. Because though we are in church, yet we are so far away from his heart. Though we are in church, we are so far away from the things that is important to our Messiah. So write three names down. Every day from tomorrow, 1 p.m., you pray for five minutes for two things, that God, Jesus, should touch their soul, touch their heart, prepare their heart, and two, that God should favor you, favor you, and number three, as you invite them, say, I'm inviting you, let the Holy Ghost do his work. Our carnal nature is so selfish, you know, so selfish sometimes, and not selfless. And as I was talking about giving something now, the very first thing you think, the very first example we think about is that, oh, I cannot, you see, you have to come in, don't you? Oh, what will I, oh, what will I, again, you have to come in, don't you? So you need to remove your eye, remove yourself from the process and say, Lord, touch my heart, pour your love upon my heart as I do this. Well, I tell you what, even if they, you feel embarrassed, well, Jesus is not asking you to take a nail. He's not asking you to be nailed to the cross. Like Jesus told me, like Jesus told me in, December, in, in, December, in January, you heard my story about uh, what happened in Israel. You know, well, if he, if he can take a nail, certainly you should be able to take an insult. But even your friends, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even insult you because they are people you know. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so sometimes we find that we are very, very selfish. We are not selfless. We like taking and not giving. We even take prayers, but pray for nobody. The human nature is so selfish and self-centered. We are selfish, self-centered, but never selfless. We are quick to take and never give. We take prayers. We never pray for nobody. Have no burden for nobody. We demand to be understood but seek to understand nobody. We collect without commitment. We receive love, but never give love. We receive Christ, but never share Christ. So Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciple. Not that you have, you have Bible knowledge, but that you have love. But that you have love. The kindest thing you can do for someone is to share Christ with them. But it's not interesting that sometimes we spend so long in the assembly of God's people, we don't even know what's important anymore. And many of us don't even know what the gospel means. 
We don't even know what it means to share our faith. We don't even know what it means to extend the, life, the love of Christ to someone. We don't even know that there's really a mission behind his invitation. Many of us have forgotten. Or our minds are so, cl- are so uh, clouded by our needs, our personal desires, the things we want to take, collect, keep. And that's the same nature of the world. The world, all the world does is take and collect and can. It's the spirit of greed that has flown into the house of God today as well. So we take prayers, we never pray for nobody. We accept Christ and never share Christ with nobody. We only care what's on our minds and not on the minds of Christ. We're only concerned about our mission and our vision and not the mission and the vision of Jesus. So there's a word for love in action. There's a word for love in action. It's called kindness. It's called kindness. That will be kind enough to share the same love that Jesus shared with us. The same love that makes you and I, brothers and sisters, comfortable with one another with a sense of eternal purpose. Kindness is nothing but simply love in action. It's not a feeling. Kindness is not a feeling. Sharing is not a feeling. It's something you do. You are, when you are kind, you take action. When you are kind, you take action. When you are kind, you move. When you are kind, you are practical. When you are kind, you show love in a practical way. And I'm asking that you show love in a practical way by having just three people that you will pray for five minutes every day by 1 p.m. That you ask God to touch your heart and touch their hearts and then allow God work his kindness through you and give them an Easter invitation. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are you blessed? Rise to your feet as we pray. We'll continue next week. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to just take a moment and just ask the Lord to share his, to, to rekindle his love in our heart. The love we think we have may have nothing to do with Jesus. Because we don't know him enough to judge what kind of love he has. Every head bowed, every eye, every eyes closed. I want you to just pray a personal prayer. When was the last time you shared your faith with someone? When was the last time you inconvenienced yourself to invite someone to the house of God, pure out of pure kindness and burden and love? When was the last time you had the burden for someone because you can see that they are sleeping. You can see that they are no longer fervent. You can see that their relationship with Jesus is not solid, is not strong. When was the last time the joy of the Lord flooded your heart so much 
that you really want to share your salvation and your experience with someone? Have you tried to share your faith with someone and then you stopped on your track because you got in the way of Jesus? I want to ask the Lord to pour out his spirit upon your heart because at the end of the day, it's not about you. You are not the Messiah. You are not the Messiah. He came here for a purpose, to die for those. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says he came and he died for us. Kindness is simply love in action. Ask the Lord to make you a kind person. A kind person shares. Shares spiritual things. A kind person shares. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. Lord, I ask, oh God, that you pour out your spirit upon us, Father. This month, the month of our Messiah, we ask, oh God, that you release the burden, the burden of the Messiah upon us, Father. That we look at the world and those around us with the same eyes with which you, look at the, you looked at the world and sent someone and sent Jesus to die for us. You looked at our weaknesses. You looked at the way we strayed from you. You looked at the way we were far gone from your presence. And you sent your son. You did not wait for us to come back, but you sent someone after us. But here we are today, Father, this first Sunday of this month of our Messiah. We ask, O oh God, that you send us in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you help us remove ourselves from the process and use us, Father, to reach the dying world, the unsaved world. Our friends, our family, our acquaintances, our associates, Father, who has never had the opportunity to get to know Jesus, who probably have heard about Jesus, but purely from hearsay. Help us, Father, to be genuine witnesses by sharing our own eyewitness, eyewitness account with those around us as we invite them to your resurrection on, on the 17th. Help us, Holy Spirit, to fulfill this mandate. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.